that literal human voices. Welcome to episode number 40 of RSVP, the podcast about stationery and so much more. I'm your host, Les, and my co-hosts today are Dee and Lenore. We're talking about community, but first, let's talk about what we're drinking and using. Hey, Dee, what's your medium and what's your poison? Um, I'm drinking coffee. Um, nothing exciting. A Keurig cake cup because I hate myself. Um, <laughs> and I have water as well. And I'm using a Musgrave test scoring pencil because nothing is better than a sharp hex in the morning. Um, and writing on my trusty uh, pen and gear legal pad. Um, I've been consuming a lot of video games lately. I've been working a lot since I have three jobs now. That whenever I have downtime, I'm so exhausted that I just pretty much veg out and, and lay around. So I've also been working on my blog, though, which has been great, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So that's it for me. What about you, Lenore? You're just trolling me with that sharp hex, aren't you? I love it. I'm, I, I can't get enough of it. Like, it's like a fidget for me. Like, I almost want to, I almost want to, like... I almost want to get like a, a nubbin of one, you know, like use it, use it up and then just carry it in my pocket to like fidget with. Yeah. Nice. Nice idea. Know. Okay. I'm not going to yuck your yum anymore. That's okay. fine. It's good okay. that somebody likes this. Yeah. More for me. <laughs> um, I am enjoying some, um, some ginger tea and this is like the most basic ginger tea. It's like literally, I think it's just dried ginger honestly, okay. in a little packet. <laughs> I mean, huh. hey. ginger tea, just add hot Whatever water. Whatever works. And it's just, I just love it. You know, it, I, it, it's really rare for something to get too gingery for me. And this is so good. So it's nice. Um, and I am just, this like randed little advertising pen, I think I just picked up off the floor in one of my classrooms. <laughs> okay. For apiabroad.com, whatever <laughs> this is. And, um, it turns out that it's a paper-made ink joy with uh, turquoise ink in it. Is it the gel or regular ink? I think it's the regular ink. And I don't really, you know, I couldn't actually swear because I don't write with these very much. But it's like, um, it's not smeary at all. It doesn't feel like a gel. And I actually, I don't like this pen. I don't like the way it writes. But the color <laughs> of it is so gorgeous. I'm using it for right now anyway. So i got to get it myself a good turquoise pen is the lesson from all of this that I'm now taking um, because clearly uh, this has been something that's been lacking in my life or I wouldn't be using this crappy pen just because of the color <laughs> so yeah the, I guess it's not the gel I would probably like the gel right the turquoise ink ink joy gel in turquoise and the can I say turquoise another time um, is actually very very lovely okay I'm gonna stop at the Walgreens on the way home because, oh, I mean, this go. is clearly something I need in my life. And it's dumb for me to not do it, you know, to, it's dumb to write with a bad implement given that I own approximately four billion writing implements, many of which are good. So, um, and as far as media, I have been, um, I got kind of between exams for a little while and I got a bunch of exams graded and everything off my table. For a brief shining moment. So I've been reading um, Invisible History of the Human Race by Christine Keneally, which is just a fascinating book about, um, you know, about human genetics and um, human, what, interbreeding 
And, you know, the idea of where we come from and how they determine that in the genetic tests, but also how those genetic tests, what they can and cannot tell us and how they show that we've always been much more from everywhere than we really think. Mm. So that's been kind of fascinating. And then Spawn and I are in Buffy season seven. And, uh, that's, uh, that has been really fun because I haven't watched season seven very many times. And I really like it. I just, you know, I kind of got busy after it came out. And so um, some of these episodes, I think this is possibly only the second time I've seen them. Like I saw them when they came out in real time. And then um, a whole load of non-stationary podcasts. So on the media, Hidden Brain, Radio Lab, 99% Invisible. I got on a huge 99% Invisible kick for a while. I just had them queued up. And that stuff is so great. And it's, it's really interesting listening to that stuff in a chunk because you start to really think differently about, you know, about design. And like I'm, I'm sort of analyzing whatever episode I'm listening to now in the context of actually already having immersed myself in this, uh, you know, in all of these other uh, communications, stories about similar things that may not seem related but kind of are so it's really it's been really fun but now i've got a, an exam again on friday and <laughs> i have to write and then great and then i'm going to be in finals so i'll talk to you guys again in like you know mid-december when i get to read something again <laughs> so that's me what about you uh Les? so i'm writing with an almost finished bic extra bold which, oh, juicy. Uh, yeah, you know, I really don't like them. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it, they blob. They I, do. I, well, they, that's part of the juiciness, though, right? Yeah, I, mean, I prefer just a regular Bic to to the extra bold. But it's almost impossible to find the Bic without the extra bold anywhere right now. Because I think they just did a big marketing push on the extra bold. Anyway... I hate it, so I'm hoping to use it up because I hate just throwing away a partially used pen. Oh, just leave it lying around somewhere. You know somebody will pick up a bit. I want the cap off of it. <laughs> I want leave it I, around without the cap. I, yeah, I could do that. Um, but you know some, what your problem is with that? Someone at work would steal it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know what your problem with that is, though? Hmm. You're using decent paper. This is true. If you were using crappy absorbent paper, then you know, then you wouldn't notice the blobbing as much. This is true. Although it does tend to blob even when I first take the, like when I take the cap off of it, mm-hmm. it's so juicy, it blobs. Right. Yeah. I get a big first initial blob on my paper. Yeah. So that's annoying. And I've been drinking, I haven't, This it's been a day already and I haven't finished my coffee yet. So I'm drinking some Stumptown Holler Mountain, which is a delicious coffee that is perfect for everyday morning drinking. In my opinion, I really enjoy it. And so I've been reading a lot and writing a lot because it's NaNoWriMo, but as a way to kind of settle down, I've been watching the rebooted Charmed. I was not a huge fan of the original Charmed. I always thought it was really cheesy. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but so I, and this is just as cheesy as the old version, but the main characters are all women of color. And one is a lesbian, so I'm totally queer baited into watching the show. And the 
main character's girlfriend is a cop. That so one of the I had this this moment where I was watching the show. I was like, they were having a party, and it was mostly college age kids. I was like, there is no way her girlfriend, who was at the party, would be at the party as an off duty cop because there's always underage drinking at college parties. Right. So I just I I was like, mm, yeah, I don't. That's not 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 realistic. That's crap. So anyway, so I, I have that issue with the show. But I, I, I'm just queer baited into into watching it. And I'll watch it until it sucks. It well, <laughs> I should say it already sucks. So. <laughs> it's already terrible. I mean it's just a bad show. It's not good at all. Anyhow. I just ordered Ryder Carroll's book, The Bullet Journal Method, from my library. And I'll see if I like it. I might actually order a paper copy because I do like to write in my books, but We'll see. Uh, I have been so on such an ebook kick that it's going to be weird for me to actually go to the library after I get out of work and pick up the book because it, it's on interlibrary loan. My library doesn't actually have it. My library actually really kind of sucks. They don't order a lot of like the new stuff that people like want to read. They don't order any LGBT stuff. Anytime I go in, I'm, I've talked about my library here and when I've ordered stuff um, like paranormal romance or um, genre fiction, the actual librarian gives me this pursed lip look of like, mm, you're reading that trash, are you? It's like, at least I'm reading, you know, right. like, and so for, a, have I told this? I don't know if I've told this story. I know that I've told you guys this story. So for a while I was reading this. I can't remember the name of the author, but she wrote this whole series of books and it had demon in the title. So the library, the first, you know, I got the first three books in because I read really fast. So I got the first three books in and it's the, the demon this, the demon that, and the demon this. And I thought the librarian's head was going to explode. <laughs> like I got the worst purse lip look I've ever gotten from her <laughs> ever. And so I was like, oh, you're going to be like that, are you? And I immediately went on and ordered another dozen books, all of which had demon in the title. Because if she's going to be a jerk... I mean, you have to. I had to. It was absolutely necessary for me to order all kinds of demon-related books. So oh, now I found um, that there's a series of, of books about magic that are purported as real. And, you know, no, no judgment there, but those are getting ordered as well because they're not available in ebook format. So I'm ordering those and we'll see what kind of looks I get over that. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> me, as me a member needling. of this podcast, I would like to say that librarians are very hardworking people and that they are hopefully going to actually help save our democracy. I know. So, well, you know, like, I cannot actually advocate for the trolling of libra librarians, I even only, if they do make judgy comments about your book. I only advocate, f I've never had a librarian be judgy about the books that I order. And I have, I've lived in a bunch of different cities and communities. I've always ordered really, like, what, what's considered trashy genre fiction. I read a lot of urban fantasy, paranormal romance, things with magic and sex, and all kinds of other stuff in, intertwined. And I've never had a librarian make judgy faces at me until this woman. So, I, you know, I, and normally, like, I... I used to go to this little tiny 
one-room library near where I grew up. And, you know, you, like, when I would go there, you would expect, like, okay, small-town librarian, they're going to be super judgy. Absolutely not. They were like, oh, what are you reading now? Like, it was like, they enjoy genre fiction, too. And it was always, like, a really good conversation. So all of a sudden, like, I'm, you know, in a city. I live in a city with colleges. And here I am, like, going in and, and getting books. And I get all kinds of books. I don't just read genre fiction. I also read a lot of informational stuff. I read nonfiction. I read I read literary fiction. I, I read across the map. Right. Um, but what was really – it's so it's very uncomfortable for me to all of a sudden have a librarian make, like, uh, this pursed lip judgmental face at me based off of my reading habits. Because so often – that usually the conversation is, what are you reading now? That's so exciting. That's never, never have I been judged about my reading habits until now. And because she's judgmental, that's why I'm a jerk. Right. I'm going to, okay. I'm, I'm going to blame her for my reaction. And <laughs> so, but you know, I, I, I love libraries. Libraries are like one of my favorite places uh, next week, there's a NaNoWriMo write-in at the library, and I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully the librarian's not there to read. Hope, oh, man, if she read what I'm writing over my shoulder, she would be mortified. Um, <laughs> there, there are no demons in my book, but there's lots of stuff she probably wouldn't like very much. Anyhow, I'm going to digress. Dee, what's exciting for you? So like I mentioned earlier, I've been working on my blog a bit more. I want to really get back into the rhythm of uh, weekly posts. You know, my website is called The Weekly Pencil. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I've been not holding up my end of the bargain. Um, so I've stockpiled so much stuff um, to review. And due to some some issues with work and just personal issues, I've been really unmotivated and I'm finally pushing through that. So I've begun to review all the stuff that I have in my pile. Um, most recently, I reviewed the uh, CW Iron Curtain Press collaboration notebook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I really, really like this notebook. Like, I mean, I I expected something good for $17 for, for such a notebook because I think it's what One only – yeah, it's a 160 page notebook. Um, and so for me that I never bought anything, uh, from Iron Curtain Press notebook wise, cause I just, I couldn't justify it, but I treated myself and I'm glad I did. Um, and not to mention it is bright, bright yellow, which makes me happy. And I'm actually considering saving up and buying their undated planner because I like the quality of their paper. I don't know if either of you have used Iron Curtain Press paper. No oh, books. No, they had been off my radar. Um, it's good. It's like this good, like middle of the road. You know, like both of you know that I like Japanese paper, that smooth, thick kind of paper. This feels like that with just a hint of toothiness. So it it kind of like ticks a lot of boxes off for me. You know, like like writing with pencil is is an experience. Like I I really really enjoyed it. Um. So, yeah, so I'll put a link in the show notes to my review and also where you can pick this up. Um, and I've also been using this new app called You Need a Budget or YNAB, as it's called. And let me just tell you that it has changed my life in just two weeks. Um, 
I've always had an issue with finances and I really wanted to sit down and do something about it because, you know, I mean, not having money ever sucks. <laughs> so I, I keep like a, I always kept a ledger, um, of what I've spent like written down, but I never really kind of balanced my checkbook. I mean, I, I don't really do that. And I never really kept track, but I, I would just write down, you know, like, Oh, I, I bought coffee or whatever, but the notebook thing wasn't working for me. So I had to kind of go digital on this. And I realized last month alone, I spent and my wife too, about a thousand dollars on things I didn't need. Damn. Yeah. Um, cause now that I have three jobs, I'm, I'm making money and I still don't have any. So what's really cool about this app is it allows you to, did you, did either of you guys ever hear of the envelope system for managing money? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's that, but digital. Um, you know, in, in this day and age, you really kind of can't do the envelope system. I think, the, you know, like you're not going to pay your car payment with cash really, you know, so, so this takes that system and puts it online. So it's really cool. Like I get paid and you just assign your money to all your categories and that's it. So now I have a hundred dollar budget a month to spend on whatever I want. And I have an $80 coffee budget, which sounds like a lot, but that oh, goes really quick. Yeah. Have you um, checked out simple, the banking online banking yes. system? Um, Gina has it. And she told me actually recently that it does something like this for you automatically. Like you can set goals. Yep. Yep. That's what we use. And it's been unbelievably helpful. So like we set budgets for everything within mm -hmm. simple and then depending, you can set it so that things automatically pay out of your goals. You nice. can also set savings goals. So if you want to save some like up for something. Um, so I really like, it sounds like that's very similar to what simple has integrated yes. into it. Yeah. And you can link your bank account with this app, but I choose not to for a couple of reasons. One, it helps me actually, when I have to manually go in and add that coffee purchase or whatever, it helps me kind of see what, where everything is at. Yep. Um, but just in the two weeks I've used it, I already have a couple hundred dollars in my savings account. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. I, and for the past two years, I've had $5 in my savings account. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, to, to using it because now I'll have that extra money to buy something as long as with them, as long as I'm within my budget. So, and that's, that's just what I've been doing the past two weeks is being super dialed in to, to what's going in, uh, coming in and going out. So, um, that's really it for me. Like I said, I've been kind of in this like endless pit of employment, which I shouldn't complain, but you know, I, I sometimes work seven days a week, which is horrible. So, um, but what about you, Lenore? What's exciting in your world? Well, I've had an exciting development. Actually, I should have mentioned a few minutes ago, which is that I'm sitting here eating McVitie's digestive wheat biscuits with dark chocolate and putting, um, almond butter on them. And it's like, Oh my God, that sounds really good. Yeah. It's awesome. So yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited about that right now, but Oh, so, um, Oh, I wanted to say, my friend Laura has been using the YNAB for, like, years and mm -hmm. trying to get me to do it, and I haven't done it yet. So I need to do that because, yeah, I mean, it's just stupid that I, like, spend a bunch of money and I'm not sure where it went. Right, and I used to so. just round to the nearest $20, and how ridiculous is that? You know what I mean? Like, I never <laughs> knew what was going on. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, so yeah, I am, I tend to be a little bit, um, bah humbug about Christmas. I, whatever's the first place I hear Christmas music in the fall, I stop shopping in that place until after <laughs> Christmas just because I'm pissed and I want them to like be punished. Because, okay, so, I mean, I, I don't think this is entirely unreasonable because Christmas, Christmas is one day. And we are currently in a place in our country where we spend two months with Christmas ads and Christmas music playing in the grocery store, which is one sixth of the year instead of one three hundred and sixty fifth of the year. And I would go as long as a week and say, if you wanted to play Christmas music for an entire week in the lead up to the actual single holiday, I would be down with that. I would not complain about it. But that's still one. 52nd of the year, not one sixth of the year. So, you know, it just seems really unreasonable to me. But on the other hand, uh, I, I really like shopping for the people that I love and thinking about like cool stuff and kind of the opportunity to, uh, to be able to get things that I know that people are going to like. And the opportunity to share some things that I like with people who I think will also like them. So I've already been thinking about Christmas shopping and, um, I actually, um, have already picked up a few things for Spawn and for Spouse and, um, you know, thinking about some gift currency for some other friends and stuff like that. So that's exciting for me because when the, when the new stationary stuff starts coming out for Christmas, that's really, um, you know, I know that's a little bit cynical on the part of the, the companies that this is when you release new stuff because you get people to buy things that they wouldn't buy for themselves, but you get them to buy things for other people. So yeah, but I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that. It's a long way before Christmas, but I'm still excited about it. How about you, Les? So I'm really deep into NaNoWriMo right now. Um, this last week has been really difficult trying to get my words in, but I had my wordiest, as NaNoWriMo calls it, day yesterday, and I got almost 6,000 words in across the day. So that I'm was very exciting. I'm holding my hand up for a high five. <laughs> Wait there. Thank you. Virtual high five. Uh, so I'm, I've been really excited about that. And my, I think my novel is actually... Usually I think that my novels, like the entire time I'm writing them, are just a garbage fire. But I'm feeling pretty good about this one. And... Um, I'm looking forward to editing it. Um, so then the other thing that's exciting, Vito from Story Supply Company sent me a package with a pack, sent me a package with packs of notebooks. So there was a package of, <laughs> this is like a, a tongue twister here. Pack, 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 pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, their new morning edition, I did a a opening uh, video of it, and it's up on YouTube if anyone wants to see it, uh, of the new morning edition and their summer, the SMR edition. Mm -hmm. And oh, this morning edition is so pretty, you guys. It's it's got this like fade from gray to black that's just gorgeous, and it's made to look like fog that you would see in the fall coming off of fields and whatnot it is absolutely stunning and i'm in love with it their covers are so thick and beefy like i've 
I don't know of any other notebook maker that makes anything as thick and sturdy as their notebooks. So I also did in that opening video, I did an impromptu testing of the paper in their editions, and it's pretty great. Uh, it's great for pencil, does really well with most pens, with most fountain pens it did pretty well, particularly medium and smaller nibs. So it was really quite pleasant. I was surprised at how nice it was, and fountain pens just feel really, really nice on the paper. So that was exciting. So... Reminded um, me of the Word Mist. Mist? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Mist edition from Word Notebooks. I don't know that I ever saw it. Neither um, I'm going to have to go Google that now. Let's see. Yeah, it's a little bit le- It's much more pictorial. Like, the, you, you can kind of see the trees. Oh, with the, the trees, yes. Mountains fading into the fog. But, oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the, the Story Supply Company one is much more kind of, ab- not abstract, but... Um, it's much more about the mist and less about the way the mist interacts with the landscape, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, it's it's really pretty. This this word, uh, oh, this, I'm yeah. sorry, this story supply company. One. I really like the word as well, and they're still yeah. available. This yeah, is- I, I've got a few of them. I, I like this one, but I haven't um, I haven't used it as much. I I need to start divesting some of my word notebooks because I just don't end up using the ruled. And that's actually the same problem with the morning from the story supply company is they're ruled. And I just really like uh, grid or dot grid. Yeah, that that was, um, I immediately set mine up for my, to be my next pocket notebook because I really love the cover. But I did find that it is an issue for me to use a ruled notebook. I would really prefer a dot grid because, so I, I went into it and I, I set it up for all of my usual habit trackers and list making things and I had to like draw lines and make boxes which was a bit of a pain in the butt given that it's not you know dot grid usually with a dot grid I just make a dot instead of a square but the paper is really really nice in them so I I'm I'm gonna make do with the with the ruling and deal with it um sorry for interrupting thank you for sharing no no worries I think that's a good good conversation starter so um, I want to move into the main topic. Are you guys cool with moving into the main topic? Totally. All right. Sure. So what I really wanted to talk about today was community. And this is something that we taught, we taught, we've talked about it on the, on the podcast before. I talk pretty frequently about the Lesvix Slack group that I belong to, as well as the Erasable and RSVP Facebook groups and how they're all a little different from most locations you find on the internet. They feel safer in a way, you know, they're, they're, administrated really well. Um, We have clear rules and guidelines. But really what I really wanted to think about is what makes these communities feel like a community? And what is it that we find that makes them feel like a community? And I I also, like, later on in in this show, I want to talk about when we feel like the community is being exploited. So, you know, it's not all going to be positive. Just throwing that (laughs) in there. So, what do you guys think? What do you think makes these communities feel like a community? Um, well, for me, like you just said, Les, there's this this kind of feeling of safety in a in a very specific community. Because um, communities, to me, like I'm a part of very like few on Facebook because I've had great experiences and I've had really horrible experiences. And that's another thing you brought up about having something administrated well. 
you know, I think that's the key to a good community. But for me, um, you know, communities like the RSVP group and Erasable, I know that I'm going to be able to participate in that community without judgment, without any, you know, socially charged commentary. And if that does happen, it's moderated very quickly. Um, you know, and the people that make up the community, like I'll give you a good example. So, um, I don't know if either of you remember the thread that Andy posted about a month ago asking about like, what do you guys collect other than pencils? And he like asked us to like put yeah, what we collected. Yeah. That. So I had put that I collect, um, Tamagotchis cause I do. And, you know, some people liked it, commented on it, whatever. About a week ago, someone from the Erasable group, whom I've never interacted with, sent me a private message and asked me if I would like a Tamagotchi that she has um, from the 90s, like one of the first ones. She said it was like new in package, whatever. And I said, I'd be totally interested if I don't have it. How much? And she's like, nothing. Like, I just want to send it to you. So, yeah. You know, and like, those are perfect examples of how, you know, I mean, this group, Erasable and RSVB too, is very generous. Like, you know, that's a thread that I posted on a month ago, and somebody actually took the time to, you know, think of me as a person in the community to send me something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, for me, what makes these communities feel like a community it just like, and I, I want to start doing it again because I, I went through my office and I have too many pencils offer up like, you know, when new people join the group, they're, they're just getting started in the world of pencils, um, providing like, you know, sending people pencils just because, you know, yeah, um, yeah. those are the little things to me it, that, that make communities, communities, just genuine care for other people. So I don't know. I don't know what either of you think about that. What do you think, Lenore? This is the best cookie I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> you guys caught me. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> for me, the community part is largely about, well, I mean, the same things that you said, Dee, that, it, 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 that you feel kind of like safe there, certainly, that you don't feel like people are going to... It's a very positive space. I think that's the big mm-hmm. thing for me, is it's a very positive space. And even when we kind of rag on things a little bit, I think by and large, people are really careful not to, well, yuck somebody's yum, right? Like, yeah. if you like mm. that. Yeah, right. yeah. And anything, you know, except for the part where we tease Johnny about Wopex. But other than that, <laughs> it's, you know, it's really nice. And you can kind of come in with anything and have people be kind about it, right? Right. So we've talked before about how you get on the thing and you're new and you're like, hey, what does everybody think about this sharpener? <laughs> you know, or that um, that video, that economics video everybody always wants to post about, you know, about how nobody can make a pencil. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It comes up over and over again. Right. You get the same. Like people get into the group and they get really excited and then they start looking for pencil stuff or pen stuff or stationary stuff. And, you know, we, we get a lot of the same content posted over and over again, but people are nice about it. Right. And it's, it's just generally a culture in those groups of defaulting to kindness that I really appreciate. And I don't think it happens by accident. I think it, 
you know, that was very deliberately created through the actions of the admin teams, you know, not tolerating very early on, you know, discouraging things that were unkind, because we don't really need unkindness in this space, right? Right. Um, and that allows you to make connections to people. And there's a lot of names. If I go through the names of the various stationary groups I'm in, there's a lot of names in the membership that I don't recognize at all. Like I've never noticed them really um, commenting or posting. You know, it, it does tend to be like in a lot of spaces, a few, the same relatively small number of people making most of the posts. But that's okay because there's room for a lot of levels of activity in those groups for people to you know, for people to post frequently and interact frequently and also for people to just be there sort of enjoying the um, the ambiance of it without necessarily participating in more overt ways like posting or commenting, but still really enjoying the community and, and um, you know, being there and participating at whatever level. So I've really, really appreciated the admin teams of those, of those groups and how they look out for... Um, they look out for what's going to make the community work at a very pragmatic level. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that the I would call it almost like the hipsterish curation of the groups in terms of administration. Do you know what I mean? And that the way that the rules are applied is very careful and conscientious. There's we have like conversations about interactions like is this going to be good for the community is this you know is this going to be an ongoing rule is this something that we have to make a rule about and generally speaking like the rule for you know most of the communities that we're all three of us are in is don't be a dick right like yeah. like when it comes down to it like that's the big rule don't be a dick don't be don't be a jerk treat the community with respect um one of the things that's actually come up recently is that and it goes into what both of you have been talking about is I was contacted as as an administrator for one of the groups about one of the swap boxes someone has not sent the swap box on and as someone who has been doing mailed swaps for a very long time like I was part of have you guys heard a thousand journals no I don't know that one so a thousand journals was this group where basically journals were put into the mail and passed between artists and people decorated them, sent them on, and a lot of them went missing. There was also, God, what was the name of the group? There was this online forum where that was the essence of it. Like basically people put together these swaps and put them in the mail and everyone on the list like would do something with the swap and then you know, send it on. It was either artwork or you know, it, like things like the pencil swap boxes. And very often things got missing. They would just go missing. I, I really wish I could remember what the name of that forum was because it was amazing. It'll come back to you right after we get off and you can put oh, it yeah, in the show yeah. notes. I'll put it in the show notes if I do remember it. Um, nervousness. Nervousness.org. Anyway, so that was the it's, – it's defunct. It's out of – it's very sad that it went out of business. But anyway um, – but the whole idea was like everyone would engage in these swaps and it was a wonderful, vibrant community. And it's similar to the communities that we're a part of with the stationary stuff, but swaps went missing all the time. And people used to get really upset about the swaps, but there are these things that 
I noticed, both in terms of when I was swapping, but also when trouble would come up with the swaps, is that oftentimes swaps get stall stalled out or lost. Uh, things do get lost in the mail, let's, let's admit that. Sometimes a box... I've gotten swaps back that look like the, you know, delivery guy, like, stomped on it and ran over it with his truck, which has happened in the past. Um, but also, oftentimes things get lost um, when people get depressed or they have money issues. And so, like, when I had this conversation with the guy, like, the person, like, saying, hey, my swap's lost. What do you think I should do? And I was like, you know, have you reached out and offered to pay for postage? Because sometimes it's money. I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And so, you know, that that's something that I think... I think that just is a sign of how great the community is when it's like, you know, sometimes people don't have money or they run out of money or finance problems happen. And if you can make that offer of like, look, I'll send you the postage. I'll, you know, put a mailer in the, I'll fill an envelope with the stamps you need to get that back in the mail. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think that's a good example of how good the communities are is that we do have these things that are also not just online, but also physical. Yeah. But it reaches past just the just the online presence. Yeah, there's this like person to person connection as well. Like like having meetups and things. Like I don't know. Like there's a lot of connection that is occurring because of these communities. And I think these are occurring because they're positive communities. Because necessary would you necessarily feel safe enough to go to a meetup with a group where you don't feel safe? Well, no, but I also probably wouldn't want to. Right. Like, I mean, why would I even want to go and it wouldn't occur to me. So, right. I mean, I've, I'm, I've got a lot of groups that I'm linked to on Facebook, but for most of them, there's nobody in there that if they PM'd me and said, hey, I'm coming to town and I just wanted to meet you because we're both in the same group, you know, that I would be right really wanting to make the effort to go and meet them someplace. Yeah. I was like, uh, so in my city, so uh, all, how many of you have a city page on Facebook and it is, and there goes a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a disaster. Like my city's trash Facebook fire. page is a trash fire. There is yeah. no one that I've interacted with on that page that I would even want to see for coffee. If I saw them in the cafe, I might turn and leave because the nature of that group is making fun of other people, being mean, being awful. But then there's uh, my city also has a recycle group and it is the most positive group of people like today. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but Papa Gino's went out of business. Yeah. yeah so I had no idea. Um, but, so the people who own the building that the Papaginos is in, in my city, put up a post on the recycle page saying, hey, we've got all these pizza boxes. And I was like, well, first off, I can use some of the apps boxes in at work. And then also I can get some pizza boxes and I can make a drying rack for work. So I went in and like, it didn't even occur to me that the reason that I felt comfortable doing this is because I've had so many positive interactions in the recycling community in my city. And right. like, I felt absolute, first off, I was going to a public place, but like, it was like, 
walking into an empty, defunct Papagino's restaurant, <laughs> which yeah. isn't there a horror movie about that or something like right. that? <laughs> like it could be the beginning <laughs> to a horror book. Right. Um, but, you know, it was also like I went in, it was me and a bunch of other people from the recycling page. And then the, the husband and wife who were getting rid of all this Papagino's crap. And it was a really positive interaction yet again off off the community page because I think it's just such a positive group where it's like we're recycling and we feel good about ourselves, but I don't know. There's, there's something about it that I like. Yeah, no, you make a good point about, so, so my city um, has a Facebook page and it is a cesspool. It is. And and it's, Mm -hmm. it's shocking because I mean, less, you know, what part of the state I live in. I mean, yeah, there's some towns that are a little conservative, but where I live is shouldn't be like from outward appearances, but that page, 90% of the posts are, you know, racist and classist and homophobic and ableist. And it's ridiculous. And they have moderators. And one of the moderators is a city councilor. And he does such a poor job at moderation. It's just, it's horrible. I stay in the group to see who it is that I don't want to interact with in my city. Yeah, same. Absolutely Um, the same. But whenever someone tries to speak up and say like, no, 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 like the, like the, the trans vote, yes on three. Mm -hmm, Oh boy. mm -hmm. That was, that was a mess. And, and, and so like, I don't feel safe in that community. Um, and then that trickles out to my actual physical community. You know, these people are living in the city I live in, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, but, and, and on the flip side of that, um, in this part of the state, I don't know if you have one out by you, Les, but there's a Western Mass uh, queer group on Facebook. It's called the Queer Exchange. I haven't actually looked into that for my and, um, part of the state. It's, it's heavily moderated. And also you have to request to join. I mean, it goes on the honor system. Um, whether or not you're queer, but you know, little things like just now someone posted like, Hey, like, you know, I am a member of uh, a credit union and I'm a member of the same credit union. You could earn points to waive like overdraft fees and stuff like that. And you can transfer points to other people. And they said, Hey, can anyone spare a couple of co-op points? Um, so I can waive this overdraft fee. You know, I just moved and um, finances are tight. And, you know, so I, I offered to do that for this person. And it's like, not only do you feel safe because as a queer person, you already kind of naturally sometimes feel unsafe in the world at large, Yeah, but you're helping out other queer people. And then there's other posts too, which is, are really helpful. Like, um, you know, do you know of any good therapists that are trauma informed or trans informed? Do you know of any good PCPs or gynecologists? Mm. Um, or if there's a bad thing that happens, there is a local business in Northampton that they sold antique stuff and they sold like some kind of Nazi memorabilia, like oh, type thing. And so we were trying to get them to not sell that. Like they were arguing it's history. We were arguing it's racist and everything else. Um, <laughs> it's history, but the people who are buying it are not historians. Right. And they were also selling um, like old advertising posters where, you know, from like the twenties and thirties that, that really kind of, um, characterized African-Americans as, you know, the way that much... they would be characterized. Then I don't think you have to go into much detail. Right, I was just going to say, I was trying to dance. Right now. <laughs> it's horrifying. Let's it. just go there. It's yeah. horrifying. So we, we banded together as a community and, and got these people to actually stop doing that. 
Um, you know, and when they wouldn't budge on the Nazi thing, we just stopped going there and we told everyone to stop going there. So, you know, those kind of communities, yeah, we talk about pencils and stationery and recycling, but there's that whole other level of community that, that actually is important for my own personal safety, you know? Um, so again, I think the common thread here is people looking out for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so um the that thing that you mentioned about how bad the city the city Facebook page is. Yeah. It's like that because it's allowed to be like that. Absolutely. And right. you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of places on 4chan where people feel like they have a really great mm. community of people who have their back. Mm-hmm. Because they're shutting out people like you and me right. and you know like shutting out other voices and and having each other's back against the forces of, you know, social justice warriors and all of that. Right. And uh, there was an article a couple of years back, and I did a little bit of a look, search for it. And I couldn't find it just looking. I can't remember the full context. But it was it was kind of about how spaces uh, much bigger than ours, like the commenting at Jezebel, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, how those spaces are safe for people to interact substantively about difficult subjects exactly because they are aggressively moderated. Like those spaces have been created to shut out the voices that are there to shut out the voices of, of marginalized people. Right. And that effect, that quelling effect that you talk about of not feeling safe participating, you know, it doesn't just have to be, that you put, you know, that you dare to make a comment about something and a bunch of people pounce on you or you get docked. It's that you see that happen to other people and you're just like, it's not even worth it. There's no point in my speaking up here and pointing out that something is racist or pointing out that something's ableist because I'm just going to be personally attacked if I do that and it's not going to have any effect and I don't have the the time to sit here and, you know, keep defending myself against that. Yeah. And I'm using my real name, you know, so like, Correct. that's even worse. Yeah. So, um, you know, people can find me quite easily if they want to. And that, that has a huge, um, quelling effect on people being able to speak up about issues when they, you know, when they honestly, they feel like their own literal physical personal safety is going to be compromised by that let alone effects that it might have on them in the community or in their job or something like that you know and I don't feel bad for somebody who loses his job because he posts something you know wildly over the top inappropriate on his social media and it goes viral and somebody points it out, you know, somebody links it or takes a screenshot of it and sends it to him, his employer. Like, I don't really feel that bad for that. But I also, um, I, you know, I don't want to risk being put in a position where somebody gets a personal vendetta against me over something I've dared to say, searches everything I've ever said online, finds something that they can take out of context to complain about. Right. You know, because I do make gallows yeah. humor. I make jokes that are, right. you know, just wry, sarcastic, sad commentary on the way people are treated in the world that, you know, if you took one line stripped of context and it wasn't clear that it's exactly the opposite of what I believe, you know, like 
<laughs> you know, probably wouldn't be treated that way if they weren't a, you know, if they weren't a girl or something like that. You know, you, you have comments that can be taken out of context that can look really bad to people who don't know you. And we've seen this, you know, we've seen cases of this over and over again of people getting publicly shamed on social media. So, you know, I am careful about what I say. I don't want my students to lose the message of what I'm trying to say to them because, you know, they already have an idea of who I am from something else. So, you know, it has a really hugely quelling effect. And this article was talking about how I think Jezebel was one of the specific instances where they were just like, yeah, this is not a democracy and we do not have to give every single voice equal time if some of those voices are about shutting other voices down or if those voices are coming from people who don't even read our, you know, who don't even read an article or substantively add anything to the discussion except just wanting to fill up the space with so many comments that nobody else can make a comment, right? And that has created a space where you can actually go in and read the comments and not have it be a dumpster fire. And I think that that's just huge. And, you know, in the wake of Gamergate and, you know, so many of the other things that we've seen, I think that that idea of aggressive moderation in the service of making sure that people feel like they are safe in voicing their uh, their views on things is really huge. And, mm. you know, we're saying that about stationary, which is such a minor issue. And, you know, it's like we're not changing the world here with our views on which is the best pencil sharpener, right? But um, But just having a space where people don't feel like they can slap people down for no reason or that they can say things that are going to be um, offensive and, and or threatening to marginalized people and also where people feel like they can put up a question about something else and just say, hey, I trust y'all. <laughs> you know, right. can you, yeah. you guys seem like smart people. I know this isn't directly related to the group, but can you help me out with this? I love that that space exists, and that's part of what makes it feel like a community to me is that it goes beyond the stated purpose of the group. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> I would like to shift gears a little bit from this I was positive just say that. <laughs> um, to something a little less positive. <clears throat> Sorry. Of course, I start talking. I have to clear my throat after I've had my, you know, had my had my microphone muted. Um, That's because I was talking for so long. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, so the next question I have is, can a business really be a part of the community? And I think this is, at least for me, it's a touchy topic. I get super salty when I notice that brands or distributors or representatives or brands join a community and are not clear that they represent the brand. But then there are brands who clearly identify themselves and interact and are clearly giving to the community and, and aren't just there for the marketing potential of the community. Like, as an example, Musgrave. Musgrave pencils. So clearly they're there in the community to market themselves. But they also deeply love pencils and stationery and things. Or like Vito, Story Supply Company. Clearly there as part of a marketing campaign for his brand, but also hugely involved in the community, really enjoys stationery. Like there's this, versus other companies, and I'm not going to mention any brand names, but there are brands who, like the 
marketing people just kind of drop in and then they make weird comments like, hey, why don't you check out this pencil case? And it's like, okay, so that's something that you sell. Is it something that you actually use? Or what are you trying to do here? You know? Right. Yeah. And I always love when, when somebody new joins the group and then it becomes clear that they've only joined the group to, to put up ads for their stuff. Yeah. Right. And then, um, fortunately we have rules against that. And, and that is one of my favorite things about the group. But then I always, I always love it to see your salty comments, Wes, when you're like, Hey, don't you work for so and so? Well, and yeah. That, that, yeah. How are you guys handling this? Yeah, like I think I, I I always think that if you represent a brand or a company, you should be very open about that. And I think yeah. that's one of the things that I think is really really great about Musgrave. They're very like, um, what's her name? The marketing person is very open about. Hi, I work for Musgrave. I'm their marketing person. Here's some pretty pictures and videos about pencils. Um, so right. I I like that. Uh, then there are other brands who kind of like slide in there and then they slide into your comments and just try and sell you stuff. And it, I get that. I, I really, really get the instinct or the urge to do that as someone who has been online selling stuff for a really long time. Like my blog initially started as a way for me, not necessarily to sell, but it started like I was documenting my journey into making books and documenting the art that I was making using the books, but also like otherwise. And I realized very early on that I was creating a brand and also my writing and my photos and all of that helped to market me. And then interacting on forums also helped to sell my things. But one of the things that I realized also early on is that it's really, really easy to overdo it and also alienate your buyers by not respecting them. And I think that's, that's a big part of what some of these marketing people do is that they disrespect the community by not paying attention to what people actually want. And they just sort of plow through. Right thoughts um well i have a couple thoughts on this so it, it just actually came up at the beginning when i was looking at the show notes and and you posed that question about um musgrave mm -hmm. and blackwing t-shirts yeah um yeah and i really kind of thought about it about how you know is that a good example of community membership or not and something strange kind of happened because my initial gut reaction was Musgrave fine, Blackwing not. Mm. And I, I really kind of thought about that for a minute. And, and I think it's because maybe subconsciously I categorize companies based on who they are. I mean, that's all what we all do, I guess. But like Musgrave for so long, you know, I've been the worst at this, has been the butt of jokes because they haven't yeah. been at the times. Yeah. You know, and they finally have updated their website. They have really cool merchandise and they took a page out of, out of CW pencils and other places where they give you handwritten notes with your pencil orders now, which yep. is cool. Um, they're doing it right. Like you just said, their social media manager and their marketing manager. Um, she does a great job of not exploiting the community and everything. And I feel like companies like Blackwing, which I have no problem with, they kind of 
you know, bank on the fact that they're big enough to not have to do those things. If right. that makes sense. But yet then they're they, like, they have also social media managers and p- company company members who are parts of the group. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm also torn on this when I, when I posed the question, cause I also had that knee jerk reaction of like, I really like what M- Musgrave is doing and how they're interacting with the community and how respectful they are about the yes. community. Well, and also how much the guy just loves pencils, you know? Yeah, yeah there's something charming about him, yeah. you know? That, that video, you know. that uh, podcast with Erasable was unbelievably sweet, and yeah, I just delightful. loved it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of loved him, and I was, I was really, that made me feel good about their having t-shirts available on their website. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I think that, that it's important for everybody, not just companies, but like, for example, when I post a new blog post, like a new review, I say new review up on my blog. So I'm not just link dropping. Cause I think for me, yeah. um, that's the most annoying thing. Like if you're going to post a link to something, at least type out a sentence as to why you're doing it. Um, you know, don't just share, you know, a website, you know, is this your website? Is this a website that you're being paid to put here? Is this, you know what I mean? Um, Who are you and why are you posting it? Right. And I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, was it Hemingway who made those, those handmade mechanical pencils? Did they try to get involved with the group and they were like link dropping and like not really interacting with the community so much? Yeah. Pretty much. So, and, and, you know, so stuff like that, like, Notice how quickly that kind of faded off our radar, because if you do it wrong, you're not going to have a good time. Well, if you do it wrong, you disappear because everyone just ignores you. Right. Well, and you end up getting taken out of the group because we've had several people, not so much on RSVP, but on the Erasable group. You know, people put up their YouTube channel and they just, you know, they're clearly just looking for hits for their um for their videos. Yeah, and that's then, a very specific YouTube channel marketing crap. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, you're right. That is different from somebody who has a, you know, who has a specific business. But, you know, if you're trying to make a business out of getting clicks on YouTube, then, you know, well, it's still kind of part of the same thing. Good Good luck, <laughs> I say, <laughs> right? to anyone trying to make money on YouTube exactly. nowadays. They have really... Yeah. Just like the, so I used to make money on YouTube. Yeah, we we talked about this yeah. in a previous episode, didn't we? That they yeah. really changed it, and again, in a way that really is disproportionately impactful to, to women. kind of underrepresented voices yeah. here. Yeah, and you know, so I've been posting to YouTube much more frequently. I've been posting uh, manuscripting pod to YouTube. I've been doing more live videos just to see if I can potentially reach like i have or had until i started (laughs) doing new things i lost like a whole bunch of of subscribers recently um (laughs) and not the guy who just thumbs down everything that i post he's still there Um, oh yeah well i mean you know well he's got to stick around you know so uh so Like, I've lost a bunch of subscribers, but I wanted to see, you know, I've got almost 6,000 subscribers. Can I potentially, by posting something every week or almost every week, can I get myself boosted back up to a point where I am able to make money? 
And I've been doing it for a little, almost two months now where I post Manuscripting Pod. And I am nowhere near the point in hours or minutes of viewership I need to make money. So just throwing that out there. Good luck making money on YouTube, people. Cheers. Have fun. Yeah. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, though? That might be why there's been a drop-off. Yeah. Because yeah. it just now occurs to me that I I haven't seen one of those posts come up or one of those people come up in a while who's just dropping in YouTube links into yeah. the group. Yeah. So that's probably why. It's kind of sad when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that I made a ton of money on YouTube, but it was, you know, back when I was making money, it was, yeah, I'd get like a $100 every couple of months. And it was wow. it was a nice surprise to to get that. But... So here's here's another question, sort of following up that. Do you think that businesses unduly influence the community? As in, like, so a lot of the community discussion is over special editions, limited editions, and things like that. Um, and I, I tend to think that businesses don't have the same goals as the community. They see us as a place to market. Um, and so they don't always align with the community, but yet they do because so much of the discussion is over those limited editions. What do you guys think? I'm sorry, um, can you rephrase the question? Well, like my thought about is that businesses try to influence the community as a as marketing. Oh, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, oh. Yeah. So, do you guys have thoughts over that? Um, I think with especially in the the stationary community, um yeah, we're dealing with businesses, but they're much smaller than, say, other communities, like a, I don't know, like a video gaming community, for example. Like, you're not going to find, um, you know, many people other than indie publishers interacting with the community, like, you know, with the stationary community, like, I can talk to Baron Fig and Story Supply and right. Word and Caroline from CW. Um, so, I think that they are influencers. I hate that term because that's like a YouTube term. Are you an influencer? Oh, yeah. Influencers. <laughs> but I also noticed something too, and this ties in, it doesn't directly answer your question less, but, um, you know, I think that, that businesses sometimes get it wrong when they, when they interact with the community or, or you take a business that is, is relatively small and then they have exponential growth and then they don't engage with the community as much. I get this feeling all the time that it's like, what, we were good for you when you were small, but now that you're larger, you don't need us. So you're, you're not interacting anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't fault the business for that because that's how businesses do their thing, but it feels kind of crappy. Um, you know, when well, it's like getting ghosted, right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and I don't think any <coughs> company in the stationary community has done it intentionally. I don't think it's like, Oh, well, I don't need you now because I'm, I'm making, you know, millions of dollars now. But I think that, um, you know, when you, when you start to lose that, I wonder over time if that's going to impact that business negatively. Um, yeah. You know, I, I miss the, I miss sometimes the, I don't want to say grassroots cause it wasn't ever that, but like some companies, you know, 
reach out personally, they're available, they're communicative. And then I don't know if you ever had a company that just drops off the face of the earth or they, their customer service suffers. And I think that businesses really have to watch for that. Um, because you see great examples of customer service, like the, the Baron fig example with the, the backpacks and all that. Um, Mm, yeah, you know, Joey going above and beyond to, to rectify the situation, whether or not people thought he dealt with it properly. And Um, also interacting with the group outside of merely marketing for his. Right. Right. I can, you know, and, and, not only interacting because of the business, but interacting socially. And that was another thing that I wanted to make a point of. I think it's important for small business owners to not just interact whenever it comes to the product, but interact socially. Like remember when this happened twice to Baron Fig, Facebook ad like leaked their product. Before oh, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and Joey kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek kind of like played along with it. And like, you know, that's cool. That shows me that there's a human on the other side. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I think that, that that's, that's important to me as a community member because that makes them part of the community. Um, but sometimes those goals, like you, like you said, less like goals of businesses don't always align with the community because their goals are not our goals. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm being marketed to, but I'm also like, that's like a thing that I have. That's my own personal issue, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. well, you're marketing to me and you're doing it in a really, really overt way. Um, right. Right. And, but I also think that that's not what the communities are there for. They're like, essentially, when you think about like these communities, the community, yeah, whether it's erasables, um, RSVP manuscripting pod. What are we? What are we there for? We're there to talk about our obsessions with notebooks, pens, papers, pencils, all of these things, and also a little bit. At least manuscripting pod is about how how we use those tools. How do you use yeah. the tools? What are they used for? And all of that stuff. And I think RSVP delves into that, like how you use these materials. Um, a little bit more than erasables does. I, and although uh, there has been an uptick in people are showing artwork made with pencils on erasables, and I love it. That is, yes. I'm really, really digging all the artwork that's been posted on erasables lately. Um, but I think that's why we got we we're gathering together in these groups. Is that oftentimes. Uh, I don't know if either of you are able to talk to your spouse about your obsession with pens and pencils. My wife just sort of like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. I got new pens, or, oh my god, uh, Staples has the uh, Pilot uh, V5, or is it the V? Why do I always get that one confused? Where is it? I have it on my pen. Uh, anyway, but, like, they have the V5 retractable on clears for three bucks a pack. And my wife is like, so you bought more pens? <laughs> no no judgment but you you bought more pens i'm like they're only a dollar each and they're on clearance okay um, so i'm just glad to find out what the rt stands for because i saw your post about the pilot v5 rt being on clearance and i was like i don't even know what that is <laughs> uh, yes the retractable v5 it's like yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I don't sure like it's the, my i don't like the barrel on those i like the, the original v5 i prefer the original v5 too but for me at work, the retractable is killer. Oh, okay. Um, so I really like I, I will lose caps at work. So retract. I have to do a retractable pen. 
but that's beside the point. But like the fact that we're posting these things and like I posted stuff on um Instagram as well and other people are like, "Oh my god, I I found the same deal. I'm so excited." Um but that's, you know, I think that's part of the community is that we're talking about these obsessions that we don't have other outlets for. But then also on top of all of that, we're, we're, we're gathering around the fire, if you will, to have these conversations about our obsessions. But then it's also a very carefully curated and administrated space, space for us to, if you will, it's a safe space to yeah, engage the in these level. obsessions. Yeah. Since we're going to go SJW on this anyway, um, you know, it is a safe <laughs> space online to have these obsessions and talk about these obsessions um, and and not feel like you're being marketed to because that's not what they're there for when you delve down into why we're doing these things. You know, Erasable was around before the volumes, before these limited editions. And it was just three dudes getting together talking about, oh my God, I got this new pencil and it's great. Um, and and, I and before that, their blogs as yeah, well. Yeah. And I think that's the same for RSVP. I mean, we, we're we not there to talk about limited editions, despite the fact that it does come up really, really often. It's more about, I'm really obsessed with this pen and this paper is freaking amazing. Um, like that's what we're there for. And that's like, that's what gets me really excited when I go into the RSVP group. Not only is it a safe space, but you know, I get these, these updates on my, on my, on Facebook saying, Hey, so-and-so posted about this thing. And I'm like, I am so there for that. Um, and that's really exciting to me that we have a safe space to explore our obsessive behavior around pens and pencils. Um, and I like that. I actually, this is something I was thinking of at the very beginning of this conversation about why is this, like, why does this feel like a community? And I will say that literal human voices is part of that because, um, I, you know, I got into this whole thing because of, um, Johnny's blog and then started listening to the yeah. podcast and then felt like I knew these people because I was hearing their voices mm. and then got into the group and, you know, kind of had that tie of, you know, like we feel with celebrities, right? Where we feel like we know them because they we see them a lot, even though we don't really know them at all, you know? Yeah. But then actually getting to interact with them and, you know, having a little bit of that same celebrity kind of feeling with people who are, um, who are running the businesses that we're talking about, like, oh my gosh, so-and-so liked my post. How great is that? <laughs> but the literal human voices, like, that's what we're doing here, right? The fact that we get to talk to each other and that I know you guys' voices so well that if I, you know, in the old days when the phone didn't tell you who was calling, if one of you called me, I would recognize your voice. And that's yeah. just, this kind of intimacy that I think uh, is created that's really nice. Um, yeah, that's so nice. I hadn't thought about it that way until today, but mm. the intimacy of the yeah. voice is really huge. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So we are approaching the hour mark. Any final comments? I think we've really delved deep into community and what it means to us and any final thoughts i have really mixed feelings about the um blackwing the little pins 
Mm. Because they're really, really cute. And on the one hand, I'm kind of cynical. But on the other hand, I want them. (laughs) I mean, they're little bitty chibi black wings. Look how adorable they are. Yeah, they are adorable. I don't do pins, though. Pins tend to fall off of my bags and things, and I lose them, and then I get really upset that I've lost them because they're usually (laughs) expensive, and uh, I do stickers. I stick things to things, like our stickers. Our stickers are awesome. I'm in love with our stickers. Everyone should buy some, not just (laughs) because we want to buy new mics, but because they're awesome. Wouldn't it be great if I weren't using this uh, pair of Skull Candy headphones with the uh, inline (laughs) mic taped to my cheek to record today? (laughs) You have it taped to your face? I do, because otherwise it kind of knocks around and makes bumpy noises. Oh, my God. I have a piece of scotch tape holding it. For the sake of Lenore and her face, buy some stickers. I think that's our title. Tape to my face. Uh, um. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, I, I, my barren fig backpack is the first thing I've ever put pins on that they've mostly stayed. Hmm. And every now and then I kind of go through and give a little squeeze to them all, you know, like pinch them all against their backs, just through the fabric to, to make sure they're all still secure. And I've had a couple of them that have fallen off that I've like, I've, I've realized it and found it right away when Hmm. it fell off. Yeah. There are locking backs that you can get. Yeah. They lock in place with an Allen wrench. Oh my gosh. Really? Yep. I'm looking. Uh, we'll put a link because that's yes. Awesome. No, I collect pins, but I have a cork board in my office that I stick the pins into. So really, I might as well just have stickers. <laughs> have I told you guys what my um, what my bulletin board on my desk at work is? No, no. Over my desk. No. Um, it is a. Uh, it is the door of a Frigidaire Imperial refrigerator. Okay. And it weighs probably 40 pounds. <laughs> okay. It's off this antique refrigerator that was in the basement of our house when we moved in. And we used it for a little while for beer. And I'm sure it was like insanely, you know, energy consuming, except that it was in the basement. So it was kind of cool there anyway. But um, then when it died or when we stopped using it, I don't remember if it actually died. Um, I took the doors off of it and like pulled off the, the molded plastic interior and pulled out all of the insulation and everything so that it's just the metal shell of the door mm-hmm. and set it on my desk because it's magnetic. So I've got, you know, I've got magnets holding stuff all over it. And nice. it's, you need to take a picture. It's really cool. Yeah. I love it. It's so, I don't know. I would love to have a way because I, I wish I'd like looked for, a sticker to find out how old this refrigerator was. Cause I'm sure it's at least back to the seventies, but it may go farther back than that. And I got to, maybe somebody will be able to analyze the design on it and tell me I'll put up a picture. That could be the Excellent. picture for our, our episode, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's my bulletin board in my office. And every, I, you know, it's largely invisible cause it's been there for so long, but, um, but every time I notice that it, it just makes me smile. I love it. So <laughs> it's really cool. All right. Sorry, that was nothing to do with our conversation. Ah. <laughs> Hashtag so much more. Indeed. Yeah. All right. So, any, like, one last chance, last call. No, All I right. think we're good. All right. So I want to take a moment to thank everyone for not only their supportive words on the on the Facebook group and the website and all of that, but also for purchasing stickers. We've sold about half of our packages 
And we are at the point where I think we've paid off the initial cost of the stickers and everything now is going to go towards buying microphones and equipment. So very exciting. It's Thank really, you. really amazing to get so much support from everyone. And our stickers are going all over the world. So that's really awesome. So I just want to give a quick thanks to everyone who has been so supportive of us, has bought stickers, joined the Facebook group, engaging in the conversations. Um, I just love it, love all everything to do with it. Um, if you do get a chance, give us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast and uh, it's awesome. So you can find the podcast online at rsvpstationarypodcast.com. D, where can they find you? You can find me at weeklypencil.com <sighs> on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Weekly Pencil. Lenore? You can find me on Facebook through the RSVP group or the Erasable Podcast group or the Stationary Justice Warriors group, which I just checked, and it is it's still there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you can find me, Lass, at ComfortableShoesStudio.com, Facebook at ComfortableShoesStudio, Instagram, and Twitter at Original LC Harper. Thanks, guys. I've had a great Thank time talking you. with you. Yes, as always. Awesome.